Another series against a bad team. Another series loss for the struggling Mets. 3-11 in their last 14. Buck Showalter said after the game Sunday, what do they have to do? They got to play better. And I agree. Something's got to change as the Mets head to Cincinnati. Hopefully they don't have too much skyline chili and lose another series. Got to win in Cincinnati. But boy, it was an ugly weekend for the bats, for the arms. No one's going five or six innings in this rotation right now. Yeah, we'll have to take a deeper look into what is ailing this team. It's it's not just the starting rotation and not being able to go deep. You look at the middle relievers who are being asked to get more defined roles and pitch it with leads, and they're not able to do it as well. So we'll take a look at that and much, much more with the lineup changes that we're seeing. Beatty seems the only one that can uh, handle the bat right now, but you know he's not a one-man band. Well, luckily, one Met who handled the bat well was Benny Ogbayani from the 2000 Mets. Four years with the Mets, a Colts hero, a fan favorite. Benny Ogbayani will join amazing but true. So we got some positives here to talk about with Benny. It's Benny and the Mets. It's all coming up next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. Ooh, welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. The grand welcomes continue getting shorter as this team continues playing like total dog duty. As the Mets once again lose a series to a pathetic team. It's Jake Brown here with my co's former Mets pitcher, who they might have to sign at some point if they need someone to go five or more innings. I mean, my God, can we get a pick pitcher? I mean, the seventh inning used to be an accomplishment. The sixth inning is usually an accomplishment. For the Mets, the fifth inning is an accomplishment. We'll react to that series. Luckily, we'll bring some positivity, Figgy, on this show as a guy who probably got the biggest ovation on Old Timers Day. Benny Agbayani will join us. Everyone loves Benny Agbayani. He was a cult hero of that ragtag bunch in the first year. I was officially a, a Mets fan full, full year followed from day one. They went to the World Series and I loved Benny Agbayani. So he'll join us in a bit. But unfortunately, we got to do a lot of negativity first. I went to the ballpark Friday and Saturday, saw two snooze fesses, snoop fesses, uh, I can't even speak. The Mets are drawing me to lose my uh, my voice. And Friday, they win one nothing. Saturday was a completely lifeless effort, losing 5-2. And then Sunday was just embarrassing. I mean, we talk about the Sunday scares with this team. They lose 13-6. to 
you had to turn it off. It got so ugly. Figgy, this is this is frustrating. We said they had to win the series. He said, show life. We, I made a proclamation. Be better. They weren't better. They were worse. When they, again, hit, don't pitch, pitch, don't hit. And they cannot put it all together. And God, this was frustrating. Yeah, that's exactly what we saw from Verlander, right? The leader of the team. He had his outing where he only gives up the two back-to-back home runs. In the first inning, they wind up losing. And he said, we just haven't put it all together yet. We haven't been able to hit and score runs at the same time or score runs and pitch well at the same time or play defense, you know, for a full nine innings the way that they're capable of. Um, yes, and it's frustrating. But the good part is, is that you have to realize this isn't football. It isn't a 16 game season. The season isn't over as of yet. You're talking about early May still. And I, I get it. And nobody wants to win, you know, more than Buck Showalter, the players. They are playing shorthanded. They are playing. It is very lackluster. You know what, what we would consider lackluster. You, you're expecting 100% every single night, find a way to win that ball game and don't worry about tomorrow kind of thing. Whereas we've already seen it, right? This game Sunday was what happened was from the Detroit series where you had the pull Lucchese after 46 pitches because he was going to have to pitch this game as well. I don't understand how this team could be that short staffed. And I know injuries are a a big part of it, but I mean, I was a triple a guy that could be used and called upon at any moment. Remember I told you after Lucchese, there's really nothing down there that they feel that they can trust at the major league level. And that's a huge concern. That's a very huge concern with Max Scherzer not pitching up to his capabilities yet. Verlander has got to get stretched out, you know, slowly but surely. And they're not going to rush to, hey, we, we need you to save us and pitch eight innings next time out. Senga is going to get as many off days as possible in between because they want to keep him on his Japanese rotation where he was pitching, you know, at least six days or more rest. With all these different elements, they need more starters. And going into the season, that should have been some foresight. And the plan was to use Peterson and to use those guys. They're going to have to bring Peterson back up. As soon as he's available, they have to bring him back up. And he wasn't pitching well enough to stay up, which was a problem. But he's going to have to be in that rotation as well. They're going to have to figure out a way to stretch this thing out. The good part is they scored six runs today. The bad part is they gave up 13. Yacobonis, your, your boy. He was due. Yeah, he boy, was I, due. I, again, we told you, right? He, he came in to hold a lead. And what happened? implosion um couldn't get an out he immediately walk home run another walk and it, it just steamrolled very quickly by the time i left work and yeah I, I got two minutes down the road the game was already 10 to 10 to 4 i was like what just happened what just happened i i know they went and i saw the pitcher coach go out to talk to him the next thing i know is guys running around the bases again tommy hunter comes in gives up a home run yeah it was just it, it was an awful 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 game um you know that coincided with a uh, the beginning of an awful homestand so far things have to start to turn around and i i respect that there's no panic but at the same time i mean met fans have panic the only you know saving grace right now is they won't lose tomorrow. That's guaranteed. Brenton Doyle proved that O'Doyle rules. Indeed, he <laughs> actually does. And it's the no names beating the Mets. I mean, this guy, Brenton Doyle, I believe that was his first career homer, right? Like, yes, it's just I mean, they're giving up homers to guy. I mean, it was Haas the other day. It's Doyle. I'm having nightmares to guys who might not even make it on the major league roster all year to these on these teams. On these last place teams, they lose two out of three of the lowly Rockies. They got swept to the previously 10 and 17 Tigers, who now are on a little five game win streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost two or three to the Braves. They lost two or three to the last place Nationals. 
And this came and it all started in that series split with San Fran. They won those first two. We're all excited. Whoa, what a West Coast trip. They lose the last two. And since then, it has just been a downward slide. They're three and eleven. That's that's really bad. Three and eleven since April 22nd. Two weeks of pain. How to lose the division in 10 days is the new how to lose a guy in 10 days. Uh, you know, the hit movie that I'm sure you've seen, a little rom-com special of the Mets. There's no romantic comedy going on right now with the New York Mets. It is a horror movie. And Jimmy Akimonis was due to get rocked, and he did. With how these starters are going, I can't get that mad at Buck for putting him in there. But, you know, I'd rather not see him in a one-run game in the middle of the game. I'd rather see a guy like a Brigham or Leon who finally, you know, gave up a few runs, but everyone gave up runs. Tommy Hunter, like we said last week, looks finished. I mean, continues to struggle, and that's Buck's guy. So, like, at some point, Buck's got to be like, all right, you're my guy, but you gots to go. And, you know, you're not going to just cut Tommy Hunter right now, but a couple more implosions and Tommy Hunter might get a phantom back spasms. I'm an old man. IL trip coming soon. These middle relievers are bad and it all stems from the starters not going deep. I mean, like we keep saying Friday was, you know, a fascination. Wow. Sanga goes six innings. I mean, God forbid you could get a starter to go seventh and get it a Robertson and, and uh, out of Eno, and they got lucky. You know, that ball in the, I believe it was eighth inning that goes off the base runner that would have tied the game. Oh, yeah, at like, 108 miles an hour, too. Scorching, yeah. And then the ninth inning, runner at third, one out, you're like, oh, God, they're going to blow this. And luckily they don't, but, like, they, their one win all week was a one nothing game because the ball went off a base runner. I mean, that's how close it was to them having a winless week. You know, we keep saying schedule's easy right now. It's schedule easy. Well, this week they lost to bad teams, and they got the Reds coming up. And like we just said in the last show, Figgy, you got to win this year. You really got to sweep. You got your head honchos this week. Scherzer Tuesday, Verlander Wednesday, Sanga Thursday. Enough two out of threes. You know, obviously you got to win one at least, but you really got to sweep the Reds right now. Yeah, and and I think that's what is expected of the two horses, you know, to be there up at the top. They had one turn through the rotation so far. This will be the second time through, and they know they're at home, A. B, they are are surely needed to give some length and uh, be able to give some quality of length as well. We can't, you know, length isn't just, oh, my God, he went six innings and gave up four or five in runs can't have that especially when it's early runs right we've, we've been seeing that too is that the, the by the time the, the team comes up in the second inning they're down three runs so it's made it tough on everybody either you that know. or they're up and then daniel vogelback decides to round second because he thought he had a shot at third or whatever oh no 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 there was no do. no shot he, he rounded second and he was looking at the third base coach and while looking at the third base coach and waiting for like this magical sign just for Vogelbeck, he realized like he wasn't even thinking about him coming to third. What, what the hell is he doing rounding? Why, why round it? Like just stay on second, chill, and have enjoy your day. That's it. Like that made no sense to me, Vicky. Then that's I knew that was going to come back to bite them too. Like that would have made it four one. I remember the inning would have still been going. Alvarez would have came up. Who had a hit? Like maybe make it five. Maybe uh, Alvarez double at six one. It is a different game if Vogie doesn't do that. You'd almost rather him just go to third because Beatty would have scored by then. You almost rather him just get thrown out at third there. But to round second, like get two inches off the bag and get tagged out, you almost felt like that was going to come back to bite them. And, you know, it did. Yeah, he he's not on the team because of his uh, base running prowess. It looks 
good when he's a freight train moving, you know, without any breaks and everybody enjoys watching him go first to third. And he should have just went first to third, you know, but at the same time he was thinking, you know, let's be cautious with this. And then he was hesitant. You can't be hesitant on the base path. You have to have a plan, stick to it. If you're overly aggressive, so what? You score that extra run, right? Then you get thrown out. And the rule of thumb is never get thrown out at third base. So already in your head, you should be saying, don't go past second base. Hit second base, watch the throw go home. And if it, uh, there's an overthrow, keep going. So fundamental baseball, you heard Buck talk about it after the game. You know, they asked him, you know, was this a disappointing loss? And he said, all the losses are disappointing. There's no, oh, you know, at least we did this. At least we did that. You know, the, the it was nice to see the offense uh, do a little something after scoring only four runs in their last four games. Um, you know, to, to put up a six spot was nice to see, you know, Beatty moving up in the lineup. That's another thing, right? We keep talking about, oh, now you got to move Beatty up in the lineup. Let's see how he does. All these different little things that are going to start um, kind of catching up and creeping up. Marte, we talked about, he looked like he was running on fumes. Had the day off, an extra day off for Monday and then Tuesday. Um, hopefully he can come back rejuvenated. And, and you know, I, I jumped on Marte and how he's looked so far this season. And then I took a deeper look into it. And he's hit a lot of balls hard. And there's been more plays made against him than anybody else in baseball. Um, when you're talking about, like, highlight plays, the guys leaving their feet, dives, the percentage of, you know, uh, catchability, that's what they call it. He's number one in all of baseball of being robbed of hits. So his season could be very different. We used to talk about that with guys with speed, right? If they can just bunt the ball or get that little infield base hit, it changes from them being a 250 hitter to being a 275, 280 hitter and makes it a, a bigger difference because they're on base percentage. Those guys get on, those guys score. But that's what you're hoping to have from Marte. And it just hasn't happened as of yet. But Keep swinging it. Keep trying to, you know, hit those line drives and uh, eventually some will fall in and it could help the uh, offense turn around. So uh, besides him, though, uh, McNeil had his three hits today. You know, he's still swinging uh, a pretty decent bat. He got a bad call the other night. We talked about that. So a couple of breaking balls today on, or yesterday on Beatty. Uh, well, well out of the zone in, in the ninth inning, but this I, I just haven't seen these Mets be able to put it all together and keep it all together for a full three games yet. And listen, Beatty, you got a preview of him in the five spot. I like what I see. Now that's with Marte off, but I don't mind the possible, you know, McNeil three or McNeil two. You had Lindor two. I like Nim Nimmo, Lindor, McNeil, Alonzo, Beatty. Then maybe you have Marte, then Vogel back. I, I, I don't know. I kind of like that letting Marte slide down until his bat starts to get going here. Because McNeil right now is a better hitter. Lindor's stats are mind-blowing because he's driving in all the runs in the world, but he's not getting many hits. Like, every time he gets a hit, it seems like it's an RBI situation, and he does. And then any other time, he doesn't get a hit. I mean, he can't – in 220 and then driving runs. It's, it's, it's yeah, insane. Yeah, he's got no singles, uh, no singles, a ton of extra base hits, and big hits and, you know, bases loaded and runners in scoring position. So, at least he's he's doing that, you know, as like he did last year, an RBI machine. Um, you know, he wants to put it together as well, you know, stringing in those singles and, you know, getting on base and scoring some runs for some of the other guys as well. They're up and down. I think that this, this lineup still needs to be better. The depth needs to be better. Alvarez is looking a little less overmatched, you know, the more and more that he plays, you know, you still see some rookie mistakes like that pass ball that, that got through past them today. Nito uh, throwing the ball down the right field line the other night. Those little things, the fundamental baseball where they played really good defense and that's was their saving grace 
if you're not scoring a lot of runs and you're not pitching deep in the ball games with your starters, your bullpen has to be lights out, which Robertson, you know, out of Eno and were before, you know, they, they went on this losing stretch of three and 11. And, and now that they're starting to score runs, you'd hope it's not in vain because you, you score six to give up seven. This is going to be an interesting uh, week ahead. It's a prove it week for the Mets and Carlos Carrasco now pushed back as he is a virus. We don't know what virus he has. Uh, it's it's the, what is that? Uh, the Jose Reyes virus that that was going around that time. Uh, you remember what was that guy on Twitter? I don't know. That that Jose Reyes was the virus. You weren't gonna win, weren't gonna win anything with Jose Reyes. He was the reason why the teams always lost. He, he put it out there. Well, his old teammate Bartolo Colon throwing out the first pitch uh, Sunday. I think it was a ball. I didn't see the end. I think it was in the dirt, maybe Bartolo. So. I don't think he'll be back at 49 years old anytime soon, but the Mets need people going six or seven. inning. I mean, it's, it's bad for this middle relief. Amazing, but true. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa, Benny Akbayani is going to join us in just a few minutes. Well, you know, the Mets have been a horror movie and so is this homemade by robots doll. The Mets gave out. I mean, look at the eyes in this thing. I mean, look button eyes. They're called button eyes. You never heard that before. You had the cartoon logo. Now this will be my replacement here. (laughs) The Mets are terrible right now. They need to get deeper in the games. That's my robot. He's got box. hair at least. Homemade by robots box here is Mrs. Met. Arguably one of the worst promotions ever, actually. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you have a thing to scan on here. I'm sure that's like to get tickets or something, but. Uh, or, or, or it takes all your information. Yeah, literally. This is like an AI thing or something. It's going to take all my info and it's going to steal all my information. And yeah, this is it. So. So this was Saturday, uh, went with my mom and unfortunately I have news to break that is very Uh-oh. sad. So we go with my mom, great day, family, mom, dad, they're two friends, very nice people. We had discovered and it was kind of funny. My mom telling me this, it, it was, I thought it was going to be worse when she told me, she was like, Jake, I got to tell you something. I, I was, I was, I was worried about telling you <laughs> she was my mom, my mom's like, <laughs> I was worried about telling you. I actually found a photo from about on my phone like eight, 10 years ago that we went to a game together. At City oh Field. my God. And both of us completely forgot that like, it, cause I had hair and no beard. So I think it was like 2013 maybe. And it was a picture of the three of us sitting up in the Pepsi porch at the time. And we completely forgot that I had been to a game with my mom and dad. You sit on a throne of lies. Jay. Literally. And I had no idea. Like, how much have I partied that I've completely forgot? <laughs> I went to a game at City Field with my mom. So the internet is a lie. And I had lied, but had no idea. But her reveal. about your mother? It's literally like the third mother? inning. Well, she kind of forgot too, but she has a good memory. So that's why I thought she would have brought that's up. Or weird. I think she, maybe she didn't, but she shows me the picture. And she's like, Jake, I hate to say it. She almost like cried when she revealed the news to me um that it was happening so that happened and then you know the Mets offense is making everyone vomit on Saturday and Sunday my mom ended up getting food poisoning at the game we had to leave the game early I mean what a colossal disaster we leave the game early and she gets sick and she's like almost crying and we left like top of the night she was throwing up in the bathroom I don't know if she got it from brunch or what, but yeah, throwing up in the city field bathroom. So her, se- I, I can't say her first time was ruined because she's been there before now. So her, <laughs> her, her internet first time was ruined. Her second time, real lifetime uh, was ruined. And you know, the Mets are making people vomit. And my mom got sick. She's, she's doing okay now. And she flew back, but it was nice to be there with the parents, even if it was the second time with her 
And just a lifeless game, lifeless weekend. Mets need to win this week. All right. Well, they got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They're off Monday, but we are not off on Amazing But True. Coming up next on the program, it's a fan favorite, Benny Agbayani on Amazing But True. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Amazing but true, Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa, welcome back to the show. We're glad to welcome on for the first time, season four of the program, a guy that Mets fans love and probably got the biggest ovation at Old Timers Day last year uh, at City Field. He played four seasons with the Mets from 98 through 2001. Most importantly, a key member of the 2000 Mets that won the National League pennant. Let's give a warm Amazing but true welcome to Benny and the Mets. It's Benny Agbayani. Benny, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? Good. I'm doing very, very good. Very good. Aloha, everyone. Aloha. Yes. Aloha, brother. Is it six hours behind there in Hawaii right now? Yes, we are six hours behind. Well, so what's up with you? What, where's Benny Agbayani? What are you doing? What are you doing with your life right now? Give us an update on what's going on with you. I, I was coaching softball at Iolani, High, um, Iolani School uh, Varsity, and now... Um, you know, I'm just training my son. He's a sophomore at Iolani, and, you know, I, I got to spend a lot of time with him now, you know, because I gave my two other daughters a, a lot of uh, my time. So I guess it's his time now, and um, I'm at Hawaiian Airlines. Hawaiian Airlines, uh, that, that's the only way to fly, brother. <laughs> yeah, one, of the, one of the great things that I love about, uh, you know, stories uh, like ours where you had a chance to play not only at the major league level, but you took your talents overseas, Right, you went out to Japan, and you went out there with Japan with the great Bobby V. Uh, what was that experience like? Oh, that was a great experience. I mean, you know, every time I talk to people, and they always talk about, you know, they're going to Japan. I said, if you guys go to Japan, try and catch a baseball game because it, it's an exciting, you know, atmosphere, and it's a, it, it's something new that you don't see in the states, and you know, like you you'll see a lot of different things out there, especially with the fans being. Yeah, they, they, they're, you're talking about it's at least three hours of singing, cheering, a band playing, drums. They're, they're into it every step of the way. And the best thing they like is like a one nothing game. Oh, hard fought game. It was great. Nobody got embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's more the Central League is more with the clappers, as you guys see. And then the Pacific League, where we played at the Chibolote, it was more like the soccer. You know, they had the flags, the banners, and they were waving that and, uh, you know, the clapping of the hands. 
So it was pretty interesting watching the Central and Pacific leagues, uh, you know, out there. You won a championship out there, didn't you? Yes, I did. Oh, that's awesome. I love I loved it. I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than that foreign experience of bringing home a championship. And once you go back there, you can walk on water. You can do anything you want. They love you after you come back. <laughs> yeah, it, it's almost like that. <laughs> <laughs> did you want to come back to the big leagues? Because your final year, you had a good year. Uh, you hit 297, you know, limited at bats, but I mean, you were, you were far from, you know, done oh, 297 with the Red Sox, I should say, but did you want to come back or was your goal to go overseas and, you know, play with Bobby? Yeah, I wanted to come back, but you know, just, you know, I just went with, you know, my opportunities where it was going to best fit my family. And, you know, I just wanted to, um, you know, uh, start fresh again and, you know, see how it was in Japan, then probably come back to the States. But, you know, I spent six years there, so. I kind of loved it out there. What was it like New York versus elsewhere? Like the fans, I mean, it's incredible. Like there's greats like Doc and Daryl and all these legends, but you were the guy that probably got the biggest ovation. And, you know, that's got to be special for you because I, I imagine Boston, Colorado after that did not match the energy and like experience of being a New York man and the, and the love that you got from the fans. Yeah, you know, I appreciate the fans, you know, it was one of those things, you know, you, you just got to be honest. You just got to play hard and, you know, you're going to hear the booze. You know, you got to live with it. You know, you got to ro roll with the punches. And, you know, I just so, you know, so grateful that the applause I got, you know, coming back from the old timers game, it, it meant a lot to me. And, you know, it meant a lot to my kids also because they weren't born when I was playing and they're, you know, just amazed how, you know, the fans reacted. But, you know, that's the New York fans. You know, they're going to love you all the way. You know, you show them love, they're going to give you love. Do you miss New York at all? I always miss New York. I had the best time of my life over there. And I wish I didn't get traded. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. You see, you say that now, but uh, talk to us in the wintertime when you're out there in Hawaii. <laughs> that's why I live in Hawaii. That's why I live in Hawaii. <laughs> I, hear, I hear you, brother. Uh, what What's your favorite Met memory? Uh, my favorite Met memory... Um, it's probably hitting the Grand Slam in uh, Tokyo, you know, Japan. I mean, that's, you know, that was the kicker to my season. And, you know, I was on the borderline of making the team. And, you know, if I didn't make the team, at least I went out with a bang with that, you know, Grand Slam to help our ball club win. But, you know, that was one of my uh, biggest memories. Could you feel from that moment, like that sparked what was a special season we were talking about earlier. I'm 32, so I was nine. That was like my first full year as a fan following from day one. And I was like, wow, life's going to be great as a Mets fan. Little did I know they would, you know, be bad for the majority of my life. But that year was <laughs> special for me as a nine-year-old watching you guys. I'll always remember game three, your walk-off. I was literally watching on a portable TV or listening to my Walkman during the award show of my brother's marching band competition. And I was like, Palmer, <laughs> Patty, Palmer. Like, I remember what I had for lunch today, but I remember that moment. And, like, you remember those special things. So that's why you were a big part of my childhood. But, like, did that Grand Slam in Tokyo, did that, did you, did that, like, start of the feel of, like, what was going to be a special season? Because I always talk about that was a ragtag bunch, Benny. And I don't think on paper you look at that team be like, oh, this team's going all the way. But they did to the World Series. Obviously, we lost to the stupid Yankees. But uh, <laughs> did, did it have the feel of that kind of special year early on? Yeah, I did. You know, we we had a lot of veteran guys and we had, a, you know, some young guys. And, you know, I think, you know, it was kind of balanced where we had, you know, a lot of experienced players. And I think that really helped us, you know, having all those guys, the experienced players, you know, like Piazza, John Franco, Al Leiter, Robin Ventura, Todd Zio, all those guys. 
you know, it was great to have them in the clubhouse, you know. And, you know, it's just that we had a good manager, Bobby Valentine, that, you know, he put everything together and made us realize, hey, we can win this. Now, talking about Bobby Valentine, you know, I always tell people one of my thrills, of course, is, uh, yeah, I got called up and then I went down. I got called up again. So I was able to do that 11 times and every time it felt special. But you always hope that there was one manager or at least one front office that, you know, they felt like they had your back. You know, I think Bobby was that guy for you so much so that you followed him over to Japan. Yeah, he was, you know, and that's, you know, how my career went. I just needed an opportunity to, you know, prove myself, you know, I was a 30th round pick. I was, you know, in the organization for like six years. And, you know, it's just that, you know, you, you're you right, Figs. You know, you got to have that right, you know, that right person that that just going to give you that, you know, that ticket or that cup of coffee and to prove yourself. And, you know, when you get there, it's, you know, it's all up to you and what, what you make of it. All that stuff goes, you know, out the window. The Nobody cares what round you got drafted in when all of a sudden, hey, you know what? This guy can actually play. And Bobby, you know, having that confidence, yeah, no, put him out there. Put him out, let him fail. You have to fail at the major league level to find success. But if you fail only once or twice and they're like, ah, we'll get somebody else. That used to be it for me, right? It was like, all right, I just had two bad starts in a row. I'm going back down, you know, and then I got to keep being as good as I can be to get that call back. I, I, I used to think about that all the time is like all you're hoping for is just let me prove that I belong because once you turn you know 13 years old and it's 60 feet six inches and 90 foot bases nothing it never changes again right just that third deck that gets added at the major league level that puts that pressure on you but I loved watching you play man you played with a passion you played with that 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 uh you know I, I you know give me a chance that underdog mentality and and I I, I didn't grow up. I was watching very closely because you kind of set that tone that, you know what? He got the opportunity to give me mine and I'll show you what I can do. Yeah, true that. I mean, that's all everyone needs is the opportunity, especially for us. That was, you know, in the lower draft picks. But it, it's just one of those things where you just got to grind it out and, you know, just see how your cards play out. And, you know, you, I mean, as a person, you're going to know when it's time, when it's your time to hang it up. But, you know, if you have that fight, the desire, you know, to do it, then, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep plugging away. Who was your favorite Mets teammate and who was the, your funniest Mets teammate? Uh, my favorite uh, teammate was Jay Payton. I mean, we, he got drafted after me, but we hung out a lot and, you know, we we're the young guys, we we're the, under, you know, the underdogs that are playing and, you know, we just wanted to do good and we wanted to win. We was hungry to win. Funniest guy gotta be Derek Bell. Derek yeah. Bell is funny. Yeah, he was funny. <laughs> He was a weird, <laughs> funny guy. I mean, he, every day he had something to say, especially, you know, especially playing in the outfield with him. And we had Ricky Henderson out there. Oh, my gosh. It was one of those things where you just you just laughed. Every day you went out there, you had fun. My bell story, Jeff Tam. Remember the home run that Jeff Tam gave up against him? And he was, I think he was a Houston at the time. When he hit it, to, to, it was almost a walk-off, right? Or there might have been the top of the game. He hits it off Tam and he stands at home plate and he goes, oh, my God. And they zoomed in on his face as he said that. And he ran, you know, ran around the base to slow and everything. And so remember how Tam was, right? Jeff Tam was a hothead, you know, he's a, yep. he's a southerner. And the next year, the the Mets wind up getting Bell and they're in spring training together. So you have live BP and in live BP, you tell the guy what's coming and he knows what's coming. You got an L screen in front of you. Tam wanted no L screen and he didn't want to tell him what was coming. And he drills him. <laughs> he drilled him in live BP. And I remember I was like, oh my God, we're going to have a brawl. We're going to have a brawl right here because Bell's going to get But good thing that Bell kind of didn't even remember it for some reason, but Tam never forgot the way that uh, he took him deep and he let out that, oh my God. 
that's just time for you. <laughs> right. Biggie, do you do you remember facing Benny at all? I, I see one stat where he, he was one for two off of you. Um, and I think a sacrifice fly. Do you remember facing him? That was when uh, he was on the Mets, but do you remember facing him otherwise? No, that, I mean, that was the only time I got to face him. And and one of the things that you always do and when, when you get to guys that are grinders like you, those were the guys that used to give me the most trouble. The superstars were always dialed in to hitting, you know, in 95 plus. I was like, you know, here I am. I'm going to maybe show him a little breaking ball, show him a little wrinkle first pitch, and he's right on it. Whack. We used to talk about it because Franco used to come down to the minor leagues and, um, you know, they were like, hey, just get a couple of innings in during spring training against the minor league guys. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that because those guys don't have an approach. They don't have a setup. He goes, you can't work on anything. He goes, they're swinging at pitch one through three as hard as they can, just trying to embarrass the major league guys. So that, that was one of the things that I always, you know, tried to really focus on is not let guys get on base so that I, if I gave up a shot or gave up a solo shot, it didn't, you know, wasn't compounded by, damn it, I gave up a, a, a shot to a guy who, you know, Mike Piazza didn't hit a home run off me, but if I got down in the order and I'm like, Shh, you know what, I left that pitch up, not concentrating nearly enough, thinking, oh, I'll just a little fly ball to right and then wind up backing up second or third base and giving up an RBI. But Benny, Benny was one of those guys that, listen, Runners on base, that opposite field gap, he's going to hit you that line drive because he knew how to play the game. And you know that, you know, he's not swinging for the fences trying to to impress anybody. So who was the guy that you faced in Major League that you tell people about now? Like when you have to talk about facing Major League p- pitchers. Uh, probably Greg Maddox. You know, I talk about him a lot because he was one of those pitchers. I mean, he could spot the pitch like right there. All of a sudden, he's throwing you that pitch that comes back in on the outside corner, and they're calling it a strike. And you're like, "One thing, no, it's not a strike. It's way out there." And then you look on the video. I'm like, "You're like, oh my gosh, this guy's like, he got every pitch in the book out there." Oh yeah, no, he he was it was incredible the way that his ball moved and his pinpoint accuracy. Like if he missed by a little bit, and you're like, "Yeah, he can't do that again." Oh yeah, watch, he's gonna do it two more times. <laughs> uh, exactly. So. I, I, I'm looking. I'm looking up some of your numbers, and you look at Greg Maddox. Yeah, one eighty-two against Greg Maddox. Hey, at least you had a one in there. It <laughs> matters. But Randy Johnson. Well, you know, talk about the difference in those two guys. You know, perennial Cy Young candidates. Uh, Randy Johnson. Yeah, you know, I, I I like facing him. I think I got good stats against him. You know, he threw hard. You know, and that's you know, you go up there, you're looking for everything hard. You know, he was trying to just get that ball right by you. So you just got, you know, I always tell myself, just be on time and let that ball be over the plate. Double and, and triple off Randy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I got kind of lucky there. So that was good. 333 off Glavin lifetime. Yeah, brother. I, I mean, these are these are the types of things when I tell people, oh, Roy Halliday. Excuse me, 500 off Roy Halliday. Sorry. <laughs> I like that, right? Bless, bless that guy, man. He, you know why? Because we grew up in the organization. He was in Toronto and I was at the mm-hmm. Mets. So we, we came up the ladder together. So I, you know, I faced him a lot, and when he got to right. the big league, I mean, I just looked at him. He, he already knew, you know, that he was going to be a superstar. Yeah, no, he he it was it was one of those guys that uh, he's the last of a dying breed. We were just talking about how the Mets starters can't give him five innings now. Where this guy was like, yeah, I'm going nine every time I go out, and never back down from a challenge like that. Yeah, he was. When you left the Mets, and you know, when they traded you, you know, made a lot of Mets fans sad. What was like the difference? Colorado, you go to, it's got to be a totally different world, less things to do. I don't know, in 2002, 2001, if people were still getting stoned all the time in Colorado. I don't know if, <laughs> if weed was as apparent then as now, but was it just a different life? Like, did you, was it harder to enjoy the game as much as your teammates with the Mets and all the things to do in New York City? 
Yeah, it was kind of hard because I grew up in the organization. I was in the organization since 1993. And, you know, I wanted to be a Met. I wanted to play in New York. I got my chance. And, you know, I wanted to finish my career, you know, being a Met. But, you know, unfortunately, it didn't happen. And when you go to another organization, you know, you you, you kind of think about it a lot because, you know, you, you didn't grow up in that organization. And, you know, I just had to, you know, like, you know, just tell myself it was a, you know, business thing. I, I got to move on and, you know, I try to, you know, make the best of it, you know, and one thing I was in the big league still yet. So, you know, that, that made it, you know, pretty much, you know, better for me, but, you know, I missed you know, New York and, you know, I was, I was pretty devastated. Do you get recognized in Hawaii? Like do, are there Mets fans out there who, who recognize you out there? Yeah. Some of my classmates are Mets fans and, you know, there's a lot of uh, Giants fans here, so they always remember that home run I hit against the Giants. And they keep on <laughs> reminding me of that. And I said, well, hey, we made it there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And how cool was the 2000 World Series? We talked with a lot of, you know, your teammates from that team. How special was that? And, you know, just taking the bus from the Bronx to Queens and just the fans and, and the you know, the streets going crazy. How cool was that experience for you? Oh, that was cool. I mean, you've seen, you know, it was amazing how you've seen the Mets fans and the Yankee fans you know, they all came together. We, you know, it's it's one of those stuff. You know that it was a lifetime dream to have both New York teams in the World Series. You know, it, it must have been a fight in the household, but you know, to, to sit down and cheer for your team, it, it must have been amazing to see two New York teams battling it out. Did you get the love in Japan like you did in New York? Like, did the fans love you there like they they did here? Because I know that it gets crazy there, and the games get insane too. And Figgy's pitched overseas too and won there, so I know it's a it's a wild atmosphere. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild because well, you know, we got there and we won, you know, and everybody, you know, I mean, our team wasn't one of those, you know, we play. I played for the Chibalote Marines, and we were a team to reckon with. And when Bobby got over for his second run there, you know, he brought over some guys, and we ended up winning. And you know, it, it was all it was like expected for us to be on the top now. And I, you know, the fans loved it. You know, it was it was a, a real it was, it was a big party out there. You know, the, the, the Met fans right now are going through it because this team is three and eleven in their last fourteen games and not scoring enough runs and not pitching deep in the ball games. You know, when you get to go like you you saw the other side of it, right? You guys found a way and then you figured it out along the way and wind up going all the way to the World Series. What advice can you give Met fans right now who are going through this? Well, you know, the Mets fans, they're all, you know, they, they, there's a lot of expectations, but, you know, I think, you know, deep down in them, they, they're they just waiting, you know, for for that run. And, you know, hopefully, you know, the boys come out and, you know, they make that big run and, you know, they start that streak and, you know, just start playing consistent baseball. The high expectations where we, you know, it's about winning ball games, but, you know, they got to know that, you know, those guys are trying their best and they're going to grind it out every day out there. Do you still follow the Mets? Do you keep up with this team? Yeah, I do. <laughs> and my classmates, my classmate always texts me, "Hey, you know we're losing, right?" I go, "Yeah, I know, I saw it." <laughs> <laughs> Benny, it's uh, it's been fun to catch up with you. We uh, we missed those glory days, and uh, you know that was Figgy's start of his big league career. But on the inside, he was rooting for the Mets down low, even when he would face them. So uh, it was good <laughs> to catch up with you, and uh, good luck, man. Thanks for coming on the show. All right, thank you so much. Aloha, everyone. Stay safe. God bless. Aloha, brother. Aloha. There's a lot of things I could say, but it sounds like, you know, excuses. And we're not going there. Play better. And um, it, it goes for all of us. And our guys know that. They're a very accountable group. 
They were last year through, through thick and thin, and they will be again this year. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Figgy, great stuff there from Benny Ogbayani. I love that he he's working at like an airline. Like you have a lot of former big leaguers that like, you know, are chilling, but he's still working. The guy's still grinding. 51 years old, still looks young. Maybe he could still play. Mets, Mets need a DH. <laughs> Mets got a, you know, a, a, a thick DH. Why not replace him with another thick DH? And, and Benny, from Vogie to Benny, the Mets Chronicles. And, yeah, like I said, I love those teams. And that, you know, that homer in the in the playoffs is one that you just – you it's one of those where you remember where you were moments. And I was literally under a bleachers at a high school football stadium watching the awards of a marching band show. And you hear me screaming as, as like, Trumbull High School finishes in second place. The Mets – <laughs> won the game. That's the good night's episode 143 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Well, thanks, of course, to you, Jake Brown, and to Andrew Hartz for producing the show. Give us a like, follow at Figgy NY, at Jake Brown Radio, and at Amazing But True. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel where you'll see the video and see Benny Agbayani at work taking a break talking to us on the New York Post sports page and then check out our playlist amazing but true um also uh, what's the next giveaway because you, you're pooping on giveaways it's not cool they i mean they have not had good ones yet they're saving them the weather's heating up so i think they're gonna get better the next one is the francisco lindor the grass growing bobblehead is cool that's the saturday against the guardians that's uh the, the next home stand so reds nationals four and then they're back home for Rays for three and then the guardians for three coming up the mets you got to beat the damn reds and turn this around because i do not want this whole season being an underachieving because the window's short and this was the year that you gotta at least make the playoffs we're just asking for 500 i know it's early i'm not one of the people saying the season's over, but this has been frustrating, and I cannot believe they play like this. But again, weather heating up, starters back. We get the Verlander Scherzer show this week, and Max pitch better. All right, we'll be back on. I'll be back on Thursday after the afternoon game against the Reds. I think you'll be back next Monday night after the fourth game of that national series and your first show on Picks 11, 7 p.m. Eastern. Picks 11. Mel Figaro, Mark Lucis. Tune in next Monday, the 15th. All right, well, I guess we got to rally the troops, so we'll try to close it as we always do with a three and a two and a one. Let's, oh, go, let's Mets. go Mets. God, they suck. Two snooze fesses, snoop fesses.